1: Welcome to the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you folks for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. On today's program we talk with Daniel Stenberg, McKinsey County Job Development Authority. It's pretty much an update from the Bakken oil field as summer approaches. Many of you are connected to the Bakken oil field in many different ways, whether it be through trucking, maybe it's through water, maybe it's through the cafes, a lot of different ways that the Bakken ripples through the region economy in the upper Midwest. So Daniel Stenberg, and actually it even ripples down into Texas, Oklahoma, Colorado as well because a lot of the companies that are headquartered out of those states, of course, are in Shale Play USA, so what a great little uh, update from McKinsey County, Daniel Stenberg, and Watford City. What's going on on Main Street, USA? And then we talk with Josh Swanson with Vogel Law Firm, and he's also the host of the North Dakota State NDSU Bison Illustrated Podcast. And we talk a little bit about Ed Schultz and his days with uh, Colin Football, MSNBC, some of the other political uh, talk shows he was involved with. Talk a little NFL draft as far as Easton Stick from North Dakota State University and Marcus Epps from the University of Wyoming. Kind of some of the impact they're going to have as well. Fun show today on the Multimedia Cafe. All right, my name is Jason Spies, and you're listening to the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. Let's start off the show and this is Daniel Stenberg with the McKenzie County Job Development Authority.
2: Economic
1: development, otherwise known as Watford City. And hey, what are some of the other towns, by the way, in your county? I I know that we always go right to Watford City because it's the heart of the and it's really kind of where most of the economic impact for your county as well as the state is coming from. But uh, are there any other towns in your county? I know sometimes when you get in western North Dakota, it's it gets, well, like Billings County, I think, only has like 800 people, so. Sure,
2: yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah no, we've got Arnegard and Alexander. They are both uh, um, officially cities. We have other communities like Grassy Butte, Keene, Mandaree, but those are, um, they, they don't have mayors, they don't have uh, actual city government. so so the three city governments in McKinsey County is Watford City, Arnie Gard, and Alexander.
1: it's it's kind of funny, um, not funny like ha-ha, but just kind of uh, interesting, funny how I know all those towns, and you mentioned three of them don't even have mayors, and it's primarily because of like uh, loading stations and maybe emergency service hubs and just that sort of thing, so uh, it's really a testament to uh, how well the industry is doing out there that uh, those small towns, three of them not even with mayors, uh, really are somewhat common. I would say it's common. I mean, Arnegard, I mean, every, you, you go ask 10 people out and say, west of Bismarck about Arnegard, and I bet 9 out of 10 have, know it. And uh, you can't do that on the east side of the state. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, what else is going on in Watford City? We want to just do a quick check-in with uh, Mr. Daniel Stenberg, which we like to do. Oh, about once a month to check in with Watford City at least, because like you said, it's the, like I said, it's the heart of the Bakken, it's where most of the economic activity is coming. Uh, what's the population, just kind of set the tone for the interview, over the last 10 years, what's the population growth in Watford City been?
2: Oh, it's it's nearing 300%, I think, and um, <clears throat> yeah, the 2010 census had us at you know, maybe 1,400 people, and now we're pushing on 8,000. And um, yeah, we're really curious as to how the census 2020 will go because um, we we need it to be accurate (laughs) in order to just accurately capture all the activity that we've had here because they do their census estimates once a year, but they um, obviously they can't do a full census. They just do estimates based on, you know, a sampling of people. And then I
1: think and I, I remember, too, during a lot of the Bakken conferences during the beginning, they were, you know, outside consultants were saying, you know, a normal community, if it grows 5% a year, that's a vibrant community. Like, that's a vibrant oh, yeah. community. If you grow 3 to 5% a year, your community's top-notch. So when the, when the Bakken boom happened, all these small towns were just getting totally inundated. And, of course, in western North Dakota, a lot of those roads were only used a couple times a year by a combine, and that was yeah. it. And so yeah. there was an entire infrastructure rebuild and all this other stuff would happen. In fact, I used to joke with the uh, former mayor of Watford City, who's now Lieutenant Governor Brent Sanford, about how you know, it was okay for the kids to use porta-potties in minus 30-degree weather because, you know what, everybody was cool with it and nobody was getting up in arms because everybody kind of bit the bullet for a year. And maybe two years in some cases to put in some, you know, sewer and water and everything. But um, do you guys ever kind of take a step back and and kind of pat each other on the back as a community? Like, God, we did all this together, three hundred percent over ten years. That's like historically legendary. You know what I mean?
2: Sure. Yeah. No. It's. Um, I mean, it, it's just interesting the way the way life turns out sometimes. I mean, the way. I- economics and uh supply and demand and and everything just kind of sometimes hit certain communities more than others and and yeah no i mean four or five years ago it was um there was a quite a few infrastructure challenges getting water here um getting uh people and uh trucks transported safely but with with the bypass we have around town with Uh, the new restaurants that have come in with the new we're getting another elementary school starting construction now and with a third potentially within the next three years um the bonds have already been have already been voted on and approved by the voters for that and um and so yeah i know it's um it, it sometimes, yeah, you take a step back and look at it and see the growth, but then you look at the projections and it's like, oh we've got more we've got more work to do. and so we want to keep our eye on the ball. I mean, yeah, it's good to celebrate successes, but then just kind of keep moving forward because there's there's more work to be
1: done. With that growth happening, are you seeing any oil and gas companies, midstream companies? Uh, putting their main office or maybe their satellite office or their Bakken regional office. Are you guys getting any of those offices? I know um, Minot, Williston, Dickinson, I'd even say Bismarck historically has been where companies will go. You know, I'm I'm talking outside, you know, say more than 10 employees or something like that, because a lot of the smaller towns had oil and gas service companies, but they were on the smaller side. And and everything along those lines, but is Watford City seeing any of that? I mean, with all this, all this growth is happening for a reason. But are are some businesses of that kind of uh, uh, industry, you know, putting some brick and mortar up?
2: Right. Yeah. No. Um, I mean, I think four or five years ago, it was like, oh, we have to, you know, locate in a town with with an airport that will accommodate our corporate jets and what have you. And um, and we've noticed that, and um, and we have our our airport is undergoing a 20 plus million dollar remodel in order to accommodate those corporate jets because the companies are saying they're realizing no we don't want to be two hours three hours from where all the wells are
1: mr daniel stenberg i'm going to ask you to hold that thought for just a moment we're going to take a quick pause As we come back we're going to continue the conversation with daniel stenberg with mckenzie county job development authority my name is jason Spies, and you're listening to the multimedia cafe Week can review Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool, joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we continue the conversation with Daniel Stenberg with the McKinsey County Job Development Authority. Our airport is undergoing a
2: $20-plus 1000000 remodel in order to accommodate those corporate jets because the companies are saying they're realizing, no, we don't want to be two hours, three hours from where all the wells are. They need to be closer, and so um, you do see them um, coming here. ConocoPhillips has a big office here, uh, Whiting, uh, Oasis. Um, the One Oak is uh, continually putting in more and more gas plants and continually hiring more and more people in our community as well. And so, yeah, they're all kind of okay. They want to be where the where the wells are, and so and now our community is able to accommodate those uh, those companies much better than they could four or five years
1: ago. How about locally? You guys seen any new businesses pop up? I mean, um, it's been you know quite a growth. I mean, everything from pizza shops to clothing to well, I don't know about clothing anymore. That's kind of tough with Amazon out there. But sure. uh you know, I mean, a trampoline park I saw open up in Williston last year or earlier this year or something like that. So take this opportunity to mention a few of the local businesses that you've seen pop up and and kind of add some spice to the community
2: sure if you look on our main street it's it's um it's a pretty vibrant main street and folks utilize it a lot with our with our restaurants i mean uh, you know aaron and angie pelton are entrepreneur uh, uh, some restaurant entrepreneurs and they started stone home brewing here in watford city and then now they've opened a second location in in Bismarck, and they started Outlaws here in Watford City, and now they have a second location in in Williston. And Jail Beers—they have a Jail Beers franchise. They have a Wild Cow Coffee Creamery, uh, coffee and creamery place. And yeah, you no know, people uh, are looking to Watford City some for some of their restaurants. Uh, entertainment. Um, we've got a new burrito place, Burrito Brothers, that opened up. That's uh, a brainchild of Nick Ybarra, the Mote Hay superstar, and uh, Ryan Siegfried, who's done a few restaurants here in Watford City, the quick serve kind. And um, he's really got a pulse of the community and and has his finger on what what the community is looking for in terms of of, of food options. So. So, yeah, more and more we're continuing to get more and more restaurants and just kind of vibrant activities coming
1: in. A lot of people listening to this program either are podcasting it in the oil and gas industry or they're probably listening on the radio in a oil and gas community. So uh, it um, impacts a lot of these different people when it comes to what events you have going on. Uh, sure. Say over the summer or wherever, I know that there's always – barbecues and trade shows and yada yada type things and and then there's also actually what the community has for events that sort of thing so uh talk to me about maybe some uh uh, mark your calendar for watford city or mckenzie county this summer sure yeah no our rough rider center has
2: been a game changer in terms of being able to accommodate both our community in terms of sports sporting activities youth sports hockey volleyball gymnastics swimming but then it also is bringing in just the opportunity to uh, bring in visitors into our community and kind of new cool things like this weekend on April 26th through the 28th we're having our first ever ever sports and rec show and Terry Moe with the Rough Rider Center there has already sold out all of the facility and he's looking to do some things outside to get to accommodate everybody who's wanting to exhibit at the Sports and Rec Show. April 26th through the 28th, they're doing arch indoor archery tournament as well this weekend. But then we have our county fair moving it up a little bit this year, June 13th through the 15th. Home Fest will be in July 12th and the 13th. Rib Fest will be Friday, August 9th. Rib Fest is probably the capstone event of, of all the activities. Last year we had 7,000 people on Main Street with a population of 8,000, um, and we got 7,000 people on Main Street. It's, uh, it's a pretty big deal. People like it's a free concert, and lots of people come and cook ribs and sell other type of foods, and it's just kind of a nice, fun festival atmosphere in the community, keeps our Main Street nice and vibrant, so... So there's always lots of activities to be thinking about, but those are some of the some of the big ones that are coming up.
1: How about housing, uh, single-family housing you've mentioned in the past as one of the things that is needed in the Bakken despite the lack of in investment that's been going on in housing. So talk to me about that um, paradox, I guess, that uh, nobody seems to be investing in single-family housing, but you guys are looking for single-family housing. D- do I have that right?
2: Yeah, yeah. No, we've had, <laughs> okay. Um, we've had some changes. I mean, at first kind of came all of the hotels, you know, four or five, six years ago, and they, you know, they got built out, and you know, they're actually probably at, they're running full capacity on weekdays right now, and so they might need some more. But then. Apartments came in and they were able to build them up and then kind of the last piece of the puzzle for our our housing piece is the single family housing and we've had some pretty big developments come in but when you get 300% population growth you you just need more housing because the folks that have been living in an apartment for two you know maybe two years have been sharing walls and have realized that you know they want to make Watford City their home they have the kids in the school system and, and they're enjoying integrating they just want to take the next housing step in with single-family housing and so the McKinsey County Job Development Authority we're working on a on an incentive program to to get more single-family housing built it's not going to solve all of our challenges um, or serve all of our needs but we're just hoping that it will stimulate it a little bit the County Commission um, is going to be pushing a million dollars towards towards getting more single-family housing built in McKinsey County and all the details are still being worked out but we're hoping to get that out within the next month or so probably in May. So
1: wrapping up here Daniel Stenberg uh, McKinsey County Economic Development Corporation. But what is the official name? It's uh th- there's a JDA, right? It's a uh, McKinsey sure. County JDA. What's the JDA?
2: So, JDA stands for Job Development Authority. Okay. And it's um it's through North Dakota Century Code that counties can establish a job development authority. And then they, they list out what, what the responsibilities and the purview is of the job development authority. And then so I've got, oh, like 11, 11 highly respected community members on my board. They represent, you know, banking, legal, uh, utilities, um, various aspects of the community that we come together once a month. And They kind of give me direction as to what we
1: need to be working on. Mm-hmm. So. This is like this is basically like an economic development thing, right? As far as th- th- that goes, in terms of other yep. other communities, they might be called that or. Uh, exactly. Yep. Yeah, okay. Yep. I just, I, I do try to play somewhat of a journalist, so I try to get names and titles correct at least. You know, it's kind of <laughs> like spelling your name right on the ACT. You, you know, you should be able to do at least that. So I, I just, after I realized they introduced you the McKinsey County Economic Development, I'm going, no, I, on that sheet I saw JDA. So I, I didn't know if that was J.E. Dunn or what, but uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, who's obviously a, a common truck you see up in Watford City, Dickinson and Williston. Um, so yep. anyway but uh, kind of final thoughts here, wrapping up, anything we missed, anything we want to reiterate uh, any you know good chili recipes or anything like that so uh, go ahead sir the floor is yours for final thoughts.
2: Yeah, no I mean I think we're in for a, um, a pretty brisk 2019 with um, I mean it's, we're continuing to have more babies being born uh, in our community and that means just kind of that all of that stimulates everything else going up. And so with the, with the schools having their bonds passed, that um, is, is a big deal and you know allows the school board authority to, to make the decisions that they feel is right for, for the kids. And so we, we really appreciate our community support for that.
1: And that was Daniel Stenberg with the McKinsey County Job Development Authority. To listen to the full-length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit crudelife.com. That's crudelife.com. The Multimedia Cafe is part of the Crude Life Media Network. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter. All of the social media links are available at thecrudelife.com. My name is Jason Spies and this is the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review.
0: Since since I've been gone I love you I love to see you naked Yeah And it's been such a while now Since it, I've been home Because i am asleep sleeping in.
1: Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we talk with Josh Swanson. He's with Vogel Law Firm and also the host of the NDSU, North Dakota State, Bison Illustrated Podcast. All right. Thanks for joining the program today. We got kind of a a two-for-one interview here today because uh, Mr. Swanson not only at Vogel Law Firm, but he does the uh, Bison Podcast, and I, I can't, is that the name of it? What's the name of the podcast? I apologize.
5: The Bison Illustrated Podcast, and then the uh, the terrestrial radio version, Heard It Here with Swanee on 740 AM, The Fan, and, and oh. I should add, the, the award-winning Heard It Here with Swanee, we found out a couple of weeks ago, the program actually won a Severide Award, so a neat thing for for the program in its first year to, to be recognized like that, and we certainly appreciate all the folks out there listening to both the podcast and the radio show
1: Wow, so you this is like legendary for me because you know i've I've also won a Severoid and a uh, Severoid award and a uh, Marconi award as well uh, through the same radio affiliates that uh, you were on uh, that your your program's on. And uh, good c- congratulations, by the way. That's outstanding. I mean, this is you. Did, did you realize that um, you know you're kind of doing that multimedia thing where you're really stretching your podcast into radio programs and extending the the reach and the distribution? I mean, that's that's fantastic, and also a magazine too, right? Yeah, and,
5: and that's one of the thing. I know you and I have talked about it uh, several times before with different platforms and content and where media is going in the. 21st century here, but you know, a couple of years ago with the podcast, a lot like you did, that's, that's what I was thinking, having listened to a lot of podcasts, invested in the equipment myself, and, and I'm you know, an old radio guy, the year between college and law school, I actually worked for KFGO and learned how to use the boards and the audio equipment, so I edit my own podcast, and it, it really grew from there, having written a column for Bison Illustrated for the, uh, oh, I think 11 years, 12 years that there has been a Bison Illustrated magazine writing since day one, but then taking that next step into the podcast, which led into the weekly radio show on the fan, which has turned into just a bunch of appearances on, on the KFGO family of networks. And, and I've really enjoyed it. And I'll tell you the listeners out there hearing our voices right now, it's pretty hot high octane powered radio with a couple Severide award winners. And I don't have a Marconi, yet or anything, but yeah, it's just uh, knowing the background of Eric Severide, Bill, the North Dakota guy, one of uh, Edwin R. Murrow's boys covering World War II. As is, is a history major, it was it was uh, extra special for me, and, and especially loving North Dakota, being born and raised here. To, to win one of those certainly wasn't expected, and the, the station put the show up for it. But yeah, I share that same passion as you do, Jason, with different media platforms, whether it's podcasting, the radio or uh, the Bison Illustrated magazine that we do, which is now fully digital too. So listeners can go to uh, the issue website that's I-S-S-U-U, and the fully digital downloadable version of the Illustrated is uh, free up there as well.
1: I think this is, by the way, you just real, I just realized how great of a guest you are for my entire radio listening audience, which is about a five-state area. I've got affiliates in eastern Wyoming, eastern Montana, North Dakota. And then, of course, that bleeds into Minnesota and then as well as South Dakota down in the Black Hills. And I, Jack Michaels, of course, 740 the fan. He's uh, probably won many national and and, uh, state awards as well. He's going to go into the Hall of Fame without a doubt, if he's not already there. Um, I would text him from like uh, different parts across the you know the upper midwest they'd be like booming and Bellefouche, you know and uh because i would pick up 740 the fan all the way out in the black hills all the way out in eastern montana so to our listening audience out there uh what time is your program on in on 740 the fan because sometimes you know like i said in, in the car and everything out in the black hills and in the badlands i can pick up 740 the fan way across the state because you guys are out of fargo right that's where the signal's out of is fargo yeah, that's
5: that's what Jack likes to say. You know, Jack is a Williston guy, an old Williston coyote, and the, the triple towers of power out of Fargo on 25th Street. And Heard It Here runs. We're working on some things that we, we hope to announce here in the, the next month or so. But right now Heard It Here runs in the fall for football season from 8 to 9 in the mornings on, on 740 AM, The Fan. Uh, but the podcast, we do the weekly podcast, which is on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and SoundCloud. And and listeners can also check that out at bisonillustrated.com. And and it's uh, the the stretch. And and again, you and I, Jason, have talked about this the power of digital media and podcasting. We all have have attorneys who have been practicing in Vogel, a few of them who just got their 40 year uh, practice recognitions from the State Bar Association within the last few years they listen to podcasts, and they'll ask me what podcasts I'm listening to. And when I'm traveling out in western North Dakota, in fact, the last time, you know, and I'm not just doing the promotion for your program, because obviously we're a sponsor and part of that, but just to let listeners know how this pays off, I had a call already from a gentleman in western North Dakota dealing with the Lake Minerals case that we visited about last time looking for representation, and he got my name because he heard me on one of the posts that you had put up on social media with our last interview so i, huh. I certainly appreciate that and that's you know that it's one of those things you and i are talking on the phone right now the the reach and the number of people it's getting out to has already led to, to clients for me so i can speak to that and we certainly appreciate what the crude life network's doing
1: well thank you very much uh we were talking a little bit off the air about how i've been kind of lying in the weeds the last three years uh, just kind of, you know, raising my son and, and dealing with some health issues and a few other things. But uh, when sometimes when you lie in the weeds, you build your foundation a little bit better than you think. And when I look back at what I've done, and I'm bringing this up because you understand this. And so I'm going to, you know, kind of disclose a little bit of our secret sauce here at The Crude Life. I'm glad to hear about that social media because I immediately thought radio Because we're on, honestly, about 30 radio stations. And so this interview is going to appear on about 30 radio stations. And it appears all the time because they don't air it at the same time. It airs at different times, during different days, in different cities. You know what I mean, and so it's just this 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 constant activity that we have going on. Well, and then we have the podcast too, so that's another way that people can get that activity. And so it's good to hear about the social media too, because our social media is like three hundred fifty thousand. When you put our network together, we've got fifty thousand in the Bakken, another you know hundred thousand down in Texas, some eighty thousand out in the Marcellus, and and you know all these different shale plays. And you put them together, and Twitter and YouTube's and all these different things. So um, we call that our um, ecosystem of activity. So it's an ecosystem of energy activity. And um, that's interesting to know that uh, it was a social media post and that alerted them to the audio interview or whatever we have going on here. So uh, great. And that's exactly what you, you've built instinctively. That's what I'm getting at is that essentially you're, you're taking the same content, but you're putting it through magazine and a podcast and a radio show. Am I Am I correct on that?
5: I think the perfect word you used, Jason, was ecosystem, because I think there's a a train of thinking that between the old school traditional radio, which both you and I love and have a passion for, along with the podcast, it doesn't have to be an either or. So I I know for me, a lot of times when I'm working during the day or doing phone calls or interviews, I like to to catch up on the news that would be on the, the normal radio stations by listening to the podcast when I'm driving into work or driving home from work or even driving to and fro for meetings during the day. So I think that's the perfect word is an ecosystem. And that's, you know, it's mutually reinforcing. And that's what we've looked to do with the different channels of content we've created, whether it's the radio show, the podcast, and, and then the the magazine and the website, we have that bisonillustrated.com. So the, the more different channels of, of content and distribution platforms that somebody can have. That's that's what appeals to me and where I think we're on the same page, how valuable it is to get the message out there because whether it's, you know, someone like my grandpa or my dad maybe driving the, the, the pickup in central North Dakota between fields or driving out in Alexander or Tioga or Ray in western North Dakota or someone my age or even younger, the kids at, let's say, NDSU or Bismarck State energy center of excellence right now who might be more to podcasting when they're, you know, I know for me, when I'm running at the, the YMCA, getting my miles in every day, I've got a podcast on and I'm catching up. And, and I think there are so many advantageous platforms for, for whether it's you or me to reach listeners and tell the story, especially in the oil and gas industry and the work you're doing and the work we're doing at Vogel Law Firm, where it really is cutting-edge stuff. It really is cutting-edge and stuff. And the time... To get in on it is right now.
1: I think so, too. By the way, Josh Swanson, Vogel Law Firm on the line with us. I know you're probably thinking, okay, why is an attorney talking about media? Well, he's got a background in it. Uh, what years did you work at KFGO, did you say?
5: I was at KFGO right after I graduated from NDSU in the spring of 05. I spent a year working for the big redhead himself, so uh, Eddie Eddie Scholl oh, no took me in. Yeah, big Ed took me in, and I, I learned... How to do a soundboard. Uh, Folks will remember Tank McNamara.
1: Mr. Josh Swanson, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought for just a moment. We're going to take a quick pause. When we come back, we continue the conversation with Josh Swanson. He's an attorney with Vogel Law Firm and also the host of the North Dakota State NDSU Bison Illustrated podcast. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review.
3: Last night I went out drinking with my buddies at the press box bar. We drank until we could barely stand up, sang songs, and played guitar. Y'all, things got pretty rowdy. I got home about a quarter to four
1: promised myself this morning I wasn't drinking anymore
3: (laughs) but now I'm back at the bar again hanging out with all my rowdy friends Getting drunk, and singing redneck songs. I'll probably stay here, baby, all night long. Welcome
1: back to the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you folks for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we continue the conversation with Josh Swanson with Vogel Law Firm and the North Dakota State NDSU Bison Illustrated Podcast.
5: How to do a soundboard. Uh, Folks will remember Tank McNamara. He had left for another opportunity and, and Ed was looking for a new guy and it just so happened I I planned to take a year off between college and law school and was kind of working somewhere where it was kind of just a temp thing for a year and had heard about that so I worked for him for about the, I think 14 to 18 months but then as I was going through law school I, I'd come back and he'd have me doing random projects and working on different things for him and, and I'd fly back to Fargo and Fill in uh, during law school breaks on his show, running the boards and helping to produce the show and come up with content. So I really got a a firsthand, uh, you know, doctorate level education in radio from from Ed, seeing how he did it every day. And I think there's different things I learned from him. And, and obviously there's never whether folks loved him or hate him. Ed, Ed was you know really really good at radio. don't well, fantastic. I don't know, I, I don't know that though. Yeah, I, and I don't know that there will ever be another Ed Schultz, but I just learned a lot of things for that uh, 14 or 18 months, every day sitting next to him in the studio and how he did things. So that's kind of how I grew up in the radio uh, business and then just stay passionate about it. And especially for someone like me, the, the real interesting thing is as many miles as I put on driving to western North Dakota or flying all over the country for oil and gas related things, you know, I'm, I'm listening to podcasts and I'm listening to the radio all the time. So just different things that a guy picks up on. And, and you really, you know, what Ed used to always say, you know, he, he obviously had the TV show, but his his comment was, it gets in your blood. And, and once radio and talk is in your blood, it's something that, even though I'm a lawyer now, it's something I'm still really passionate about. And it's more than, you know, just a hobby, obviously, starting a podcast and a radio show and putting the time into it. But it's just such a great great platform for telling stories
1: i'm gonna put it out there right now if there's anyone listening who would sponsor a uh ed schultz story either a documentary or a movie i would gladly spearhead that that would could you imagine his life story on the big screen that would be amazing i mean that man would make a boring football game seem like it was the super bowl just on the radio His, his his tone and his his language and just his grasp of the game made made it exciting made eight you know four and four teams exciting to listen to on the radio do you remember that?
5: I, I do and I've got to share a story uh, one of my favorite Big Eddie stories I'll, I'll share it with the listeners And here's the flavor for what what a documentary could be and there's probably hundreds of stories like this I was out in Denver with Ed for a conference back in 2008 I had a break during law school and I was out doing different things during the day, and Ed and a uh, couple other folks on his team were doing a few things, and the plan was to meet at John Elway's Steakhouse in Denver one night. So I, I get done with the meeting I'm at, and, and I go to John Elway's Steakhouse, and, and Ed and his wife Wendy and another guy on his t- uh, on his team are sitting there at a table, and I sit down, and they've all got these, uh, these cat-like grins on their faces, and I'm thinking, you know, what are they Grinning about what is what is so you know darn funny going on, and Ed gives a head nod to a table next to us, and and, and sitting literally at the table next to us is Charles Barkley. So we're not going to say anything to him interrupt his dinner, but he interrupts our dinner. So after about five minutes of sitting down, Charles Barkley walks up to the table and says, "Big Eddie, my brother, Big Eddie, Ed Schultz." And, and we're thinking, how does Charles Barkley know who Ed Schultz is? And this is before Ed had his MSNBC show. Big Eddie, I see you all the time on CNN, man. And it went on like that for ten minutes, where Barkley is just talking to us. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, "Are you kidding me? This is the round mound of rebound, Charles Barkley, just shooting the breeze with us." And he, you know, Charles buys us a drink, and then uh, you know, as, as says his farewell. The next day we're at this big, uh, this, this grill and and sports bar in downtown Denver for some radio thing. And Barkley walks in and and a lot of people in TV and radio are in this this same restaurant, you know, people from CNN, Fox news, MSNBC, and you have got advisors for a bunch of different political campaigns in there. And Charles Barkley walks in. And even for them, the record stops. They're thinking, holy cow, that's Charles Barkley. And we're sitting kind of in a corner off to ourselves. And the first thing Charles Barkley says, GD, man, Ed Schultz, I can't get away from you anywhere, brother. And everyone in that restaurant, you know, uh, John (laughs) King, Dana Bash, Mark Penn, who was running, I think, Clinton's campaign at the time, they all whipped their heads around to stare at that thinking, how in the hell does Ed Schultz know Charles Barkley? And then Barkley comes up to our table again, and it it gave us a bunch of street cred, you know, because Charles Barkley, the first big. He does when he walks. It is is uh, beeline it for Ed Schultz, and that's just one of many stories. But yeah, I, I mean, I could talk all day about that. But yeah, that would be a fantastic documentary. I think that's you know uh, Ed doesn't get enough credit for that. He he was very very business savvy and very sharp, and he he had his hand in a lot of things. You know that TV show he he more or less made happen along with you know James Holmes, another old KFGO guy who's at MSNBC working for one of the shows there as an executive producer. Ed didn't have anything handed to him. He he went out and worked for it, and he had not just a fishing, you know, cabin. He had his own resort that he bought and turned into a business. You know, he had a, a construction company going on for a while. He had his radio show, which, you know, toward the end of his national syndication days, it was up to, I think, like 120 or 130 stations across the country that he was an owner of. He had uh, Rush Limbaugh's, I think, former... Producer or one of the VPs at Clear Channel. Who's and
1: That was Josh Swanson with Vogel Law Firm. To listen to the full length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. I'd like to thank Josh Swanson with Vogel Law Firm and the North Dakota State Bison Illustrated podcast, and Daniel Stenberg with the McKinsey County Job Development Authority for joining us on today's program with the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. All of our interviews are exclusive right here to the Crude Life Media Network and the Multimedia Cafe. For more information, check out our social media, which is at 350,000-plus followers between the YouTubes and the Twitters and the Tweeters and the Facebooks. All of those different pages are available at life.com. Click on the Social Media tab. That's going to do it this week for the Multimedia Cafe Week in Review. I'd like to thank you folks for tuning in, joining us, and choosing us as part of your weekly content. Also, we'll be back next week at this time on this radio station. And for those of you who are downloading us on the internet, live streaming us, or maybe listening to us on one of our podcast platforms like iTunes, thank you, thank you, thank you. From the staff here at the Multimedia Cafe Week can Review, my name is Jason Spies asking you to save your life and enjoy the spice.